Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Best DC Comics Podcast, Episode 8, where we're going to be going through New Teen Titans number 38 and the story, Who is Donna Troy? But before we jump into that, let me remind you to go over to Twitter and go to at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We will follow you back 100%. That is a promise. Then go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can get reviews of almost all the issues from DC that come out each and every week. And then go to our Patreon account, Patreon.com slash Weird Science to help support us for everything we do here on the feed, but get a ton of podcasts and shows in return. A lot of DC comics, Marvel, manga, indie. We have cartoon shows, movie shows, pop culture, just a ton of stuff over there that if you like what you hear here i'm sure that you would be able to find something to like over there as well and finally if you are listening to this on anything that you can subscribe and rate and review please do so that would be awesome for us as well but let's get into this like i said we're going to be going through new teen titans number 38 an issue with a cover date of january 1984 the story Who is Donna Troy by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Two classics, right? You've heard of them before. And this really shows how well they work together. Also, how well they are at doing character work. Marv Wolfman's character work in this is awesome. And the stories Who is Donna Troy, we're going to end up trying to make heads and tails of Donna Troy's origin. The thing is, it still isn't perfect. It's all over the place. It always has been. But this gives a little bit of of an inkling of her origin. It ties into her about to be married to Terry Long. She wants to know who her real mother was. All these things that we'll get into. But if you are a Dick Grayson fan, you get a ton of awesome Dick Grayson in this, in a point in the continuity, in a point in the stories where he was having some problems figuring out who he is, what he was. He's mad at Batman. All of these things going where as he goes through and finds out the origin of Donna Troy, he's starting to realize more and more that Batman wasn't so bad. And he should be glad how he was treated at points because he is kind of an angry guy at this point. But we'll get into all of that right about now. And you start the issue with a very cinematic noir presentation that says DC Comics presents a Wolfman Perez production. The new Teen Titans, who is Donna Troy? And you end up seeing a shadowy figure. He's going through an apartment. He's looking through the shades as the sun is setting over the city. Very noir, as I said, goes over, lights up a desk lamp. The shadows are funny. George Perez makes it where the shadows are going up to Dick's face. It is Dick Grayson. You see the Robin outfit, but you also see what appears to be Burt Reynolds. Like, oh, my God, Burt Reynolds is now Robin? Oh, my God. Spoiler alert. Burt Reynolds isn't Robin. It's Dick Grayson. But you get this thing where he starts up a tape recorder as he's looking at a picture of Donna Troy. Then he's looking at a picture of Corey Starfire. And starts up this tape recorder that says, Personal Report, September 6, 1983. The case of Donna Troy, day one. And so you're given the idea this has already happened. This case that he's going to be on, trying to figure out the birth parents of Donna Troy, has already happened in the near past, you would get. But it allows Marv Wolfman then, through this whole deal, to have almost an omnipotent narrator through Dick Grayson 
and also allows Dick Grayson to narrate in a very contemplative style because this issue is him learning who the birth parents of Donna Troy are and even more than that, but also learning a lot about himself and learning that he hasn't had it so bad. Maybe Batman isn't the worst person ever. Maybe what happened to him was tragic as a kid, but he still had it better than a lot of other people. And it's really good. And the whole thing of this all, though, is Donna Troy wants to figure out her birth parents. She wants her whole life you know, known to her as she's going off to marry Terry Long. And Terry Long is not a guy that most people love in comics at that point or now. Terry is one of those where, oh, my God, look at him. He's a professor, 10 years older than Donna. Donna was a student. That's kind of weird. He was already divorced. All these things going where people also thought that maybe Dick and Donna should have been together. And you kind of have Marv Wolfman solve that in this issue, or at least try to convince people that Terry and Donna belong together. And not having Donna and Dick hook up as lovers might have been the best route, that they're actually better off, both of them, as family and friends than actual lovers. Even with that idea that he's on the outs right now with Corey. So you have that even, because they are, at the end, all of the stuff that Dick learns throughout this does seem to help him go a little forward with his life. He's kind of in a rut, he's kind of upset, he's down in the dumps, and this does allow him to go, and that's why I like it so much. It's not just about finding out about Donna, It's also Dick finding out about himself and realizing things that he might not have realized before. Also, it's a detective story, and it shows that Dick Grayson is a great detective. But instead of it being, okay, there's a murder we have to solve, or somebody broke in here or stole those jewels, it's something that he does as a labor of love. He does it only because he loves Donna and wants to help her out, and that gives it that more of an oomph as well in just an issue that if you want somebody to kind of get into comics, I think that this is one of those that is a great stepping stone into the love of comics because you're getting such great character work. And if you end up listening to any of our DC comics podcasts, especially our main one, I even said it this week as I'm recording, I'm more of a character driven story than really worrying about continuity. And this has both. You're trying to put Donna Troy in the continuity better because her, her origin is wonky, still is. It's all over the place. But you're doing it through great character work. That's what gets me involved. And that's what ends up at points in this issue in a weird deal where I kind of get choked up. I may even when we talk about it again, there are points where I'll probably because it's done so well. And that's me years and years, decades later, reading this as one issue. I haven't read the issues of New Teen Titans up to this. And yet I go into this and by the end, I feel so much for the characters and what they're going through that I get choked up. And that's a great issue. That is. And also George Perez just telling the story through the art as well as Marv Wolfman's script. It's perfect. It really is. And you go into this where Dick Grayson's trying to clear his head, all this stuff, being a kid from the circus. Having the thing of Robin going to the Teen Titans, he doesn't have a day off. He he gets so you know frazzled where he goes to the ocean side, looks out, tries to forget about things, but he's interrupted. And he's interrupted by Terry Long, who comes in, and the dialogue in this is done so perfectly that you get the coldness that Dick has to Terry at this point. Terry is an acquaintance. 
Terry is a friend by proxy. He is a family friend of, you know, I'm saying Dick Grayson loves Donna like a sister, but he, he doesn't really see what's going on with Terry. So it is this coldness where Terry says, hey, can you help me? It's with Donna. And now this is going to make Dick, what? What's wrong with Donna? No, no, nothing like that. She just, we're about to get married and she wants to find out who her real parents are. She feels like this is something she needs to find out before getting married and starting a family of her own. Terry ends up saying, it doesn't matter to me, really. I mean, I love her. I always will, no matter what she finds out or doesn't find out. I don't understand. Dick kind of pushes that aside, says, well, it's obviously important to her. Almost in a way of, listen, Terry, it's not up to you. And I'm here for Donna, not you, so stop. And then you end up having Terry, yeah, yeah, I know. um, But you're the best detective I know. You know, Robin, you're the best, and can you maybe look into it? And even then, Dick doesn't say, you know what, Terry, yeah, I will, because, no, he says, I will do that, but first I have to ask Donna if it's okay. Like, everything goes through Donna. It's never going to go through Terry at this point, because Terry's just a guy who shows up and is going to marry Donna. He's not a friend of Dick's. Donna's the friend, family, titan, all that stuff, and they do go off. And they ask, and Donna says, well, it's kind of a waste of time. I've run into a lot of dead ends, a lot of brick walls. I don't think there's anything to find, though I wish I could. Dick says, well, let me try. I'm a detective. I might look at it a little different. That's some training. I don't know if you heard that. But also, if I don't find anything, what's what's the big deal? You don't lose anything, right? So let's go. And we're going to start with you tell me what you remember. What do you remember about You know, your childhood, what are your first memories? So we can try to figure out some things. And she says, well, that's part of the problem. I can't remember much at all. I remember that I was in an apartment. There was a fire. And I remember some bodies next to me. I'm assuming those were my parents. And then Wonder Woman saved me. But she says, I don't even really remember Wonder Woman. I remember her costume. I really remember the golden lasso sparkling that's what and and again there's two things that are great in this there's a little baby you know in the middle of some great trauma but a little baby who would like be drawn to this really sparkly lasso but also while she's saying that she doesn't really remember wonder woman only the costume and the lasso you end up george Perez drawing this panel because you're seeing it through a flashback where Wonder Woman, that's all you see. She's coming through a door, flames everywhere, things falling apart, and her body and her face are in shadow. So all we see as well is the costume and the lasso, done so well. But she also says, Wonder Woman grabbed me and I felt safe. She cradled me in her arms and I felt safe. And a lot of these early memories, as they even come more and more to Donna, are based on feelings more than actual fact at first. That's what gets the trigger, but she does remember feeling safe and that Wonder Woman carried her away from the heat, away from the smoke, away from my parents. I guess the rest is history, she says. And then says that, yeah, you know, she brought me to Paradise Island and all that. And Dick knows this. Everybody knows this. Okay, yeah, she took you to Paradise Island, but why didn't she look into who those people were? Why didn't she look into your parents? And... Donna says she did. She actually did, but she came into a brick wall because nobody rented that room. They were told by the landlord, oh, I don't know who they were. That room wasn't rented. So why were they there? All that is a mystery. Um, But Donna says, then I became Wonder Woman's legal ward. And then Dick, because that connection says, as I was with Batman. 
But then is thinking to himself at that point, only you never seemed as as liked or linked with your mentor as I was with mine. There wasn't, you know, Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl, hey, but Batman and Robin. They're linked. That's that's the deal. And yeah, you end up down as saying Batman was more of a father to you. Wonder Woman seemed just like a sister, just another Amazonian, because she was always all fighting crime and stuff in Man's World while I was raised by her mother, Queen Hippolyta, who she thinks of as a mother figure. Now, she also goes through this where Marv Wolfman's going to give you a bit of the Donna Troy history, try to figure out why a girl who ended up, you know, in Man's World where Wonder Woman saves her from, how does she have these powers? And it's explained that at a point, the Amazonians came together. Paula, the chief scientist, ends up who actually was earlier in the series and ended up saving Gar's life with the purple healing ray. Back in the day, though, she ended up using the purple healing ray with little modifications to siphon a bunch of the powers of the Amazonians to give Donna her power set and become an Amazon. So that's a cool thing because then you even get that all of the Amazonians are kind of her parents as well because a little bit of each of them are in her. It's a really nice deal to show that Donna was really, really loved. and. Again, she doesn't want to find her birth mother because she had an awful, you know, upbringing and she wants to find. She just needs to put that to rest. She just needs to know it. She says, I had a great childhood. I was there on Paradise Island running around. Apollo taught me the ways of the Amazons like a mother. All of my memories of that are great. But with everything else before and who my real mother was, stuff like that, I don't have anything like a rosebud. To hang my life on The funny thing is we will get a rosebud And that's a Citizen Kane reference We'll get that in about three pages But she's there I don't know anything but I want to know Terry starts to you know, say to her again Like he even said to, to Dick No matter what you find And it, she's nervous She's also nervous If I did find out maybe it'd be bad stuff And this goes on throughout very naturally As somebody who wants to find something Gets a little anxious when they might End up finding it out because it might not all be good But Terry says it doesn't matter Who your birth parents Were I love you we're getting married All of this will be great And she's like well I'm a little scared all that But okay we'll do it Terry says hey how much are you going to charge us Robin and and Dick says oh Charge me of course I wouldn't take a fee But I won't be giving you an Engagement gift this is the engagement Gift I'm like well there you go (laughs) He just doesn't want to go out shopping uh, all right, and he says, come on, you three Let's hit the road and find out some clues Terry says, whoa, whoa, whoa I'm not real good at this stuff I would just get in the way You and Donna go off And I'm sure that you're going to find out something You're going to do your best Shakes Robin's hand And then kisses Donna goodbye And this is where you get Marv Whoopin Where in this contemplative narration Dick says, I'd always wondered what Donna saw In such an ordinary man as Terry Long But at that moment I knew. And that's like case closed. There's the bit of detecting there. Hey, everybody, Dick Grayson has now accepted Terry Long. So should you because there's a wedding coming up and we're not stopping it because you don't want it. So you have that and they go off first to the building that was, you know, the building that was destroyed by the fire that she was in as a little baby to see if they can find some clues. Donna says, I've been here a million times. I've found nothing. Dick says, well, I'm kind of a detective and I got the blueprints. From the city hall you, you might find hidden rooms This building's really old They don't 
I mean, it's funny because you end up having the blueprints where Dick really wants to show how great he is for getting him. That's not really what plays out here. But at least you see he's doing his detective work. But also now he shows his smarts and says, hey, a building this old. Were you aware? It's trivia time. Hey, Donna, did you know that buildings this old didn't have gas or oil heat? That that before then there was coal heat? Donna's like, okay, now I know. That's great. He says, yeah, but there usually is a coal bin somewhere. Maybe there'd be a clue in that. Maybe we can find it. And he does find it. And voila, in kind of a forced way, but it works. He opens up the coal bin, and there is a metal box. And he brings it out. Oh, my God, a box. Look. Donna's like, oh, my God. Could it have anything to do with me? What are the chances? They open up the box, and there is a doll in it. Again, where's my rosebud? Here it is. Because this doll triggers something in Donna. Oh, my God. I don't know what's going on, but this is making me feel strange. I see this doll. It it looks like it's now the most important thing in my life. Like, I need to grab it. Let me grab it here. Let me hug it. Let me hold it up to my face. And she says again with feelings coming back more than actual facts. She says, why does this make me feel so good? But the problem is, after that, they end up going to the landlord to ask, you know, hey, do you know anything about that apartment? And this lady says, oh, that was my husband you know god rest his soul he's dead that was sam who was lit but he was always involved in bad things i don't know what's going on and i told your girlfriend before that nobody rented that apartment there was nobody renting it at that time all i got stuck with was bills it's really bringing up bad memories for this lady about her ex-husband or her dead husband sam and i get out of here Oh, he left me with bills, and now you make me miserable. Get out of town. And they do end up, okay, thank you. Uh, We'll get out of here. Uh, She's not very nice. She's just yelling at them. They go up on the rooftop, and they start, you know, thinking about things. And Donna is really disappointed. Oh, now we're in a brick wall again. We're not going to get anywhere. I was so excited. This is what I was afraid of, that we'd find something that would get me excited, but then it would end up all crashing down. And then says, like, you. You know, you don't know how it is for me. You know, you don't understand, Dick, how important this is. And I think that at this point, Dick thinks, well, what are you talking about? My parents died, too. You know, we have a very, very similar, you know, deal going on here, especially being wards of Wonder Woman, Batman, all that. But Donna brings up this thing. And again, this gives Dick Grayson the idea. Maybe I didn't have it as bad because she says you lost your parents. Like I did, but at least you knew who they were. You knew, you you have memories of your parents, but at least you even know their names. You know what they were like. They, you know what they called you. I don't. I don't know what my mom and dad called me. Who was my mother? Who was my father? And is my real name Donna? I mean, all this, like, what's going on here? I don't know any of that. At least you have something. And this does make Dick Grayson, huh, you're right goes off donna says case closed i'm done i don't want to dig anymore i'm just going to go off i'll get married you know all that but this is just bringing up too much anxiety and too much disappointment when we don't find out more she goes off dick grayson is he done he sees how upset she is he sees how much she wants this so he ends up going back to his apartment to his lab and as he is studying this what was the contents of that Colbin box they ended up having the doll but there was also some tattered pieces of fabric that he sees 
some letters on it. So he's trying to figure out what that might say. But in that, he goes through a bit of this narration again, which is really, really good, that ends up saying, you know, when she was upset like that, he kind of remembered the first day he met her when they first ended up becoming teammates and the Teen Titans, all that stuff. And he said, I easily could have fallen in love with her. And in fact, I do love her. But the love is stronger than the love of just a lover. And I said at the beginning, the idea that him and Corey are a little on the outs or whatnot, he's glad at this point that they didn't become lovers because they have a stronger bond. They have a family bond. They have a brother-sister bond that will always be there no matter what. And there you go. Marv Wolfman telling people, you're all upset about them not getting together. Donna's going off to marry Terry. The love that they have is better than what you guys keep shipping all the time in the letters to the editor. So stop it. And as he's doing this, he's studying the doll, he's studying the fabric, and he ends up seeing that there are some letters, and he uses, you know, techniques he learned from Batman to go through this. It's very meticulous. It's very much, it's more of like something that I love, like an archaeological type deal of putting things together, the fabric using this compound to draw letters out. Then he feeds the seven letters that he finds into his computer. Again, 83, 84 computer, not real fast. It takes seven hours and 36 minutes for it to go through a combination of letters to get the most likely sentence that is on these tattered fabric. And it says, hello, my name is Donna. And there you go, light bulb. Oh, my God. And then he sits there and he's like, Donna. So is Donna, is that her actual name? Was that the name of the doll, maybe? Was that the name of her mother? Whatever it is, it's a clue. Now he's excited. And he says, all right, I have one more clue than I had before. Let's add to that. Looks at the doll a little closer. Ends up seeing a little bit of faded letters on it. He does the same technique he did with that fabric and is able to come up with a sentence thing or actually a signature on that doll that says, from Uncle Max of Mystic Mountain, Newport News. Boom. Now we have a clue. Now we're on to something. And he heads off to Newport News, which is in Virginia. He doesn't tell Donna this. At this point, Donna thinks this is all done with. She's going back to her stuff. She goes back to Terry. They're getting ready for the wedding, all teen type stuff. And Dick's there. He's on the case. And so, and he doesn't want to keep calling her, hey, I got a clue, and end up having her as disappointed as the last time. He wants to really find something until he finds real, real concrete evidence that they might be getting somewhere. He's going to do this in the down low. He's not going to tell her. And he goes off to newport news and he does find uncle max very easily at the mystic mountain toy shop and shows him the doll says did you make this and he says no i repaired that and since it says uncle max i know that i repaired this for the willowbrook orphanage a mrs cassidy ran the orphanage and she would bring me dolls that needed to be repaired and when i repaired them i'd write you know from uncle max and a little message to make the orphans feel like they do have some family that they are cared for and that somebody is looking out for them he thought it was a real nice thing it is he's a nice old man now and he's he's saying this he does remember it and says okay yeah this is from there and so dick okay let's get on to detecting here can you tell me where this willowbrook orphanage is i'm going to go over there and check it out and unfortunately it was closed and this is where you start really getting into the mystery of all this it was closed because of a child slavery scandal Okay, so Dick ends up, it seems like, you know, you might think it's a dead end, but it's not because he has Willowbrook Orphanage. He has a name, Mrs. Cassidy, and he also knows that it was closed down because of a child slavery scandal. 
something that would be in the news. And he goes off and goes through old newspapers about that time and finds the news articles about it and finds that one of them has an address where this Mrs. Cassidy lived. So it says Cassidy of 223 Elm Street was found innocent of all charges while attorney William Harrison dot dot dot. He's not concerned with that right now. But it's a good thing. It shows that the lady who ran the orphanage was not evil. This whole child slavery scandal didn't have to do with her. But unfortunately, the orphanage got shut down. And they did have to look into this and see if she was, in fact, innocent. He goes over to 223 Elm Street. And uh, hopefully it's not the Elm Street from Nightmare on Elm Street. But they end up nobody has heard the name. Even if they did, they thought that she had died at this point. She's no longer in. Newport News, it seems. She has gone elsewhere, another dead end. So he goes off. Now, again, if it was now, you'd have a lot more, you know, resources to find out maybe where she was or whatnot. I mean, we just saw Dick Grayson in a library going through old newspapers one by one to even find a story like this. So you have to keep that in mind. But he goes back to his hotel room. He's a little despondent. He almost had it. There was a connection. If he can only talk to this Mrs. Cassidy, find out what's going on, he gets a knock on his door of his hotel room. And it's a guy who says, you're looking for Miss Elmira. And it's Elmira Cassidy. We'll keep calling her Mrs. Cassidy. But you ask him about Mrs. Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. uh, Do you know her? And the guy says, yeah, I work for the nicest person I ever knew. I was the gardener at her orphanage. You're not trying to hurt her, are you? And I'll give this guy some credit. This guy is coming. And knocking on the door of a hotel room of a young, pretty built guy to basically say, if you're trying to hurt this woman that really was nice to me, we may have a problem here. Dick gets up and you do see that Dick's shorter, though. But Dick gets up and says, oh, no, no, nothing like that. I actually want to talk to her because I think she can help a friend of mine. And so this guy whose name happens to be Elmo ends up saying, oh, yeah, I know where she is. Because Dick says, do you know where she is now? And he says, oh, yeah, I send her a Christmas card every year. She is at the Sun Harbor Nursing Home down in Cherry Lake Farms, Florida, and said the poor soul, when this whole scandal hit, she ended up having a breakdown. She ended up having a breakdown. She never would know that her lawyer was up to such badness. And you get that mentioned again, attorney William Harrison. This guy seems to be the guy who was involved and was the bad guy in all of that but at this point again dick grayson is not here to solve the mystery of the child selling child slavery deal he just needs to know somebody who might be able to lead them to the next step of finding out who donna's birth parents are and so he ends up calling donna at this point this seems like okay now we're on to something the lady who ran the orphanage down in florida Maybe Donna will want to get involved. She calls up, hey, Donna, what's up? Yeah, I found out who the orphanage, who was running that orphanage you were in. And she's still, Donna's like, are you still doing this? He's like, yeah, I was doing it behind the scenes, whatnot. You want to meet me and we'll drive down to Florida together. And they do that and they drive. I don't know why they don't just fly. He flew to Virginia, but now they're going to drive down to florida but it gives him some talking time and stuff and i think he wants to spend some time with her and they're talking about the stuff about why did you keep doing this and he's like listen i can't let a case go cold on my watch and the weird thing he says 
I don't want to ruin my reputation as a teenage elderly queen. I didn't know what that was yet. The, and this is the weird synergy of things that kind of it freaks you out sometimes. Uh, the idea that I hear this elderly queen and then I go and, you know, I don't know what that is. That night, I, I end up listening to a lot of old time radio and I end up on this one app where once you listen to a bunch of things that you actually want, it will randomly throw some stories out there, some shows or whatnot. And one of them was Ellerly Queen, this mystery deal. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, I never heard that name until earlier that day in this issue. And now all of a sudden I'm listening to it. It's so weird, the synergy of it. But really doesn't have anything to do with it. They get to Florida and they're going to this nursing home. And the big thing is, what will this woman remember? Especially she had a breakdown. Then you end up even a nurse or the director as they lead both Donna and Dick out to see her the idea she hasn't really said a sentence since she got here years and years ago when they, and also has never had anybody come visit her family friends nothing she has been alone all this time she has never said a full sentence she's just there they bring her out and she just stares and then you know with that she's there outside on her wheelchair and dick grayson goes gets down on her eye level and says hello Mrs. Cassidy, I'm so glad to see you. We need your help, Mrs. Cassidy. This young lady, and talking about Donna, and Donna says, Dick, it's no use. She's not talking. She, she's not going to be able to help us. Let's go. And Dick says, no, 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 not yet. And pulls out the doll and says, Mrs. Cassidy, look at this, please. It's from the orphanage. You remember this doll? And right when you see the reflection again, George Perez, great, seeing the reflection of the doll in Mrs. Cassidy's glasses, she says, duh. To Donna? And then Donna's, Donna, that's me. Do you remember what's going on? Do you remember my mom? Do you remember my parents? And you have Mrs. Cassidy, again, who hasn't said a sentence in years, ends up holding the doll and goes, oh, Donna was such a beautiful girl. And her mom was so beautiful, too, but so very sick. And she came and gave Donna up. She didn't want to, but she was going to die and wanted Donna to get a good family. And ended up coming and dropping Donna off with the doll. And then you end up having Mrs. Cassidy say, that poor baby would never let go of that doll. That doll was with her all the time. We had to pry that doll away to even give her a bath. And then you end up having Donna. Well, what what happened? What happened to the baby? Because at this point, you don't have Mrs. Cassidy recognizing, okay, you're Donna. But Donna wants to know what happened to her. She doesn't remember. What happened to Donna? What happened to her? Oh, Donna was one of the lucky ones. She got adopted right away. I remember a real nice couple by the name of Mr. and Mrs. Stacy. Such a nice couple. I know that they would love her. And then you end up, Donna, that rings a bell. Stacy rings a bell. Oh, my God. This is the best. Oh, my God. This is great. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Cassidy. Listen, I'm never going to let you be alone again. You have really changed my life here. I can never thank you enough. I'm going to visit you all the time. Thank you. And you end up where then Mrs. Cassidy realizes, Donna, is that you? You're still so pretty and so young. Oh, my God, it's so nice to see you. And finally, this old lady who's been abandoned has a little light in her life as well. And in a nice thing, just to tell you, she will be at Donna and Terry's wedding. They make sure that she's there, which is really, really nice. Again, I'm getting choked up a bit here. For, for whatever So with that Donna thinks case closed This is great We solved the mystery 
at least I knew that I had loving parents, the Stacys. Unfortunately, they died in that fire. But now I can get on with things. I can go and get married. I know my history. Oh, my God. Thank you, Dick. Dick doesn't think that that's enough because Dick thinks, wait a second. If that was the case, why did they end up burning up in this apartment building that they weren't renting? Very odd. Very odd indeed. And so he's kind of keeping that in the back of his mind. But as they drive back to New York City, Donna says, can we go back to Newport News? Where she wants to go through the town and go through Maybe she can remember some things now that she has names and places and things like that And she does, she remembers neighborhoods And she ends up turning down a street where Dick says Why are you turning down here? I don't know, it just seems like I should And they get to a house and she says I remember, that was my house, that's where I grew up, that's my house And they stop, Dick doesn't quite believe her But they stop and there's a family outside It's the fall, the raking leaves Stuff like that, and you end up having a man and a woman, husband and wife, and this guy says, Faye, are you expecting anyone? Those people are staring. And she's like, no, I wasn't, but, and looks, and that's as Donna's getting out of the car with that doll, and then says, but but I thought the fire, the bodies. And this woman comes over and goes, who are you? Why are you? Oh, my God, it's you. It's Donna. And starts, they both start crying. And again, I'm getting choked up. They both start hugging. And the dad is over there and there's a little kid and a you know, a little boy and a little girl that say, Hey dad, who is she? Yeah, who is she? And the guy says, Don't ask me, I just live here. Well, we find out that this Faye Stacy ended up getting remarried. Her and her husband Carl had adopted Donna. He ended up getting in an accident on the job and she ended up not having any money. She didn't have any skills, she said. So she barely had enough money to even pay for Carl's funeral. And that's when you end up. And she apologizes to her husband, Hank, now. She's she's now Faye Evans. Hank Evans had they remarried. And she says, I'm sorry, Hank. I was just embarrassed about that time. I never told you about Donna. Did tell him about Carl and that sort of thing. And after that, I think she realized that she needed to get some skills. I mean, at one point, I didn't have any skills. Well, she went to college, went and got some skills, got a job, then ends up meeting hank and they have a family now and you end up where this big connection though what happened to donna then well when she didn't have money couldn't even bury her husband barely you ended up having mr harrison the lawyer again that lawyer from the adoption agency came by and said listen if you end up going bankrupt they're going to take your daughter donna and who knows what'll happen if you give her to me now i'll make sure she gets to a loving family And she didn't know any better and thought that was the best way to do it and then hands off Donna to this lawyer. Now we really know the lawyer really did some bad things, so what's going on? But in the meantime, Hank is like the greatest guy. He ends up saying, come on, come over here, Donna. You're not part of the the family. And they all start hugging. And it's nice. She's getting these families and these connections. And it is real nice. And then it even goes more because now that triggers memories. Donna, of these next people who she thinks adopted her then from the lawyer, they were mean. They hit her. They made her be quiet. They didn't like kids. Why would they adopt me if they didn't like kids? And in one scene, she remembers that the doll, the Donna doll she had, and she wouldn't let go of it. And these people, get that doll from her. She's got to leave this behind. She's ours now. She's going to go. And grabs the doll and gives it to and says, Sam, get rid of this. And that connects to 
that landlady talking about the landlord who had died by now, Sam, who was into bad stuff or whatever. He's given the doll. You take that and put it somewhere. I don't want to see it. So he put it in the cold bin. It's where he put it in. And it's really, really a nice deal. And even then, if you look, you can see that this doll originally, and you saw it before, even when Donna was laying with it, when she just got taken to the orphanage, that the hello, my name is Donna was an apron on the doll. And, you know, you end up having these bad people, the fire, because you end up having an explosion from the furnace. It blows up the building. It's on fire. That's when she's saved by Wonder Woman. So she says, okay, it was these bad people that ended up dying. Now I get it. It still doesn't go well with Dick Grayson, even though at this point Donna is good. Now she's even found her adoptive mother who's still alive and is remarried, but they're accepting her into this big family. Now, and they go off and they're looking at photos and a photo album it's funny because as this goes on you end up thinking that Faye is not really fond of hank you know her new husband it's a weird little deal where she hid these photo albums and when hank would go to sleep i'd go and look at him look there's your adoptive father carl he's he was my husband then and your father and then you have donna go oh my god mrs evans this is the greatest thing and then Faye says, Donna, please call me Faye or mom or anything but Mrs. Evans. I think Hank's sitting right there. I'm like, I'm right here, baby. I mean, what are you saying? Uh, but it's nice, the whole idea of accepting family. Now, with that, it does seem like Dick Grayson borrows a little photo. Hey, can I have this for my collection? Oh, thanks a lot. I'm going to get going. I'm going to go check out some things right now. Well, Donna, you stay with the family here. Uh, you know, you guys get acquainted. He also probably feels like a third wheel. I'll get going. But he goes over to the penitentiary and goes to see the lawyer, Mr. Harrison, who comes out. The guard comes. Hey, it's your lucky day, Harrison. You got a visitor. He walks into the room. Dick Grayson, full in the Robin outfit, says, hey, I got to ask you about some things. This guy says, what do I want to talk to you? I recognize you. You're the guy with the Batmans. And he's like, yeah, yeah, well, you, you recognize these people? You recognize this lady Faye and this baby Donna? You know, what's going on? He's like, why should I tell you? What do I get out of it? And then Dick says, well, you get peace of mind. And I'm telling you, a lot of times in these stories, you will end up having a convict in jail. And the big thing, you'll get it off your conscience. That's not enough. I mean, seriously, these are bad people most of the time. Eh, screw you. Uh, but then Dick takes a little further and it's like, okay, how about this? If you don't tell me information, and because obviously now, he does remember something and says, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to tell you, though. And he says, I'm just going to, you know, kind of drop word in the prison that you're my stoolie. And you know what? A lot of people here hate me and Batman. I mean, we're pretty well known and pretty hated for people in jail. And that might not be so good for you. So I'm going to do that. OK, OK, man, I'll talk. And he says, yeah, I remember. And basically those people who ended up dying says, uh, you know, you end up having the Sam who ran the deal. He let them use this apartment. This is where the child selling scam all went down. They grabbed the babies, take them to this apartment. No record of anybody at this apartment. Kept open probably for that. And then ends up having these other two people, this man and woman, Sam Channing, you know, all this stuff. That's the guy. Who owned, and then this other couple would get the baby. And they would sell it to somebody for 20 grand. Unfortunately, he says Sam didn't really take care of that furnace and it blew up and they died. It's not my fault. I'm not guilty. 
And then Dick's like, really? Like, it doesn't, you're in jail. You, you are guilty. You're, you, you were found guilty of this. Go back to your cell. Stop with your nonsense. You're not guilty of anything. And so you end up in that. It's more a peace of mind for Dick to know that that last bit, they weren't adoptive parents. It seems really big to him to know that the only people that were ever real parents to Donna were all good people. And he goes off and he gets done and they go off to her mother's grave. Donna goes off to the grave while Dick is waiting, you know, aside again. And she's putting flowers down. She's talking to her mother and she says, you know, Mama, I found you and I'm just so happy I did. It's funny. I'm not having from going for having no parents at all to having tons says I had Hippolyta, the Evans and you. I know you love me. I know you were dying and couldn't keep me. Faye Evans loved me, too. And now, Mama, I met somebody else who also loves me. I'm going to make my own family, Mama. And it's it, it's getting me choked up again. It's real nice. She's She has this closure to allow her now to go get married. And says, families belong together, Mama. And now that I've found you, you'll be with me forever. And then as Dick comes up behind her, she says, so many families now and so many friends who are also my family. And then looks around and says, Dick, thank you for bringing me here. And then Dick, of course, because Dick has to be even better than he is, says, Oh, by the way, I have something else for you. And he pulls out the doll, and Uncle Max insisted on fixing it, he says, and the doll your mother had given you. And she starts crying, oh, Dick, I think I'm going to cry. And she does, and they hug, and it's really, really nice. Well, then we go back for the final deal. Dick, again, he's in that, you know, his apartment. He's listening back to the case, and it's making him feel good. And, oh, my God, Donna is so great. You know, and he's just sitting there. He stops the tape recording. And then he looks at the picture of Corey and then picks up the phone. At one point in the issue, he even says, I wish I could get Corey here. I miss her so much, but I've been such an ass lately that I don't even think she would come. So he doesn't even bother. But he ends up calling her up and says, hello, Corey, it's Dick. Oh, fine. I feel great. Corey, are you doing anything tonight so they can patch things up? And it says the end. It's awesome. It's a great issue. It choked me up three or four times. While I'm talking about it, even it's such a great issue to get people in, even involved in comics. If you have somebody who maybe isn't so into comics, oh, they're goofy or whatnot. There's no real superheroing going on here. This is a detective story that is just based on friendship, love, and family, and it's so good. And the character work of both Donna and Dick Grayson is impeccable. It's it's perfect. It really is. And this issue is very very close. If, there, if you're on the lines of there isn't a perfect comic, then, of course, you're never going to find a perfect comic, I guess. But if you are on the lines of, you know, something that really gives you the feels, has a great story, has a great progress, like there's not much except the overconvenience of some of the things that happen. You know, Donna saying, oh, my God, I remember the street. Oh, I remember. Oh, my house. Like, yeah, there's some things that are forced a bit, but they work in my mind. And overall, you can push those aside because of how great it is. I loved it. It's one of the best DC comics of all time. And so I think everybody should give it a shot and read it. But that's it. Thanks, everybody. And I said at the beginning, real quick, go over to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Also, go over to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, and then go to our Patreon to help us with all the things that we do here and get plenty of things in return tons of podcasts and shows over at patreon.com slash weird science but that's it and i will 
Talk to you later. 